Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on? This is Dan Garcia from Halo Haven. I know normally you're used to hearing uh, Johnny Maggs at this point, but not to worry. He's good. Had a family situation to come uh, take care of. Nothing serious. You know, life happens. But I, uh, don't worry. For uh, the first time in two weeks, I am here with Chris, the curator Johnson. What's going on? What is up? So we're just, you know, second week of the uh, Angel season. Here to kind of recap and see what's going on. Um, last we talked was uh, last Thursday. And the Angels just got done with a really good stretch um, against Cleveland. And then they took off from there. So, going right into the recap, Friday, April 6th, was, um, you know, what can I say? Otani came out, hit a big home run. Pitching struggled a little bit. They still won uh, Oakland 13-9. Uh, to nine. Um, You know, Starting out down six runs was never the way you want to, especially when uh, your pitcher, uh, Bridwell, only lasts an inning and two-thirds. But, you know, they came back. They uh, end up taking over, I think, in the middle innings. Um, Then you fast-forward to uh, the next day, Saturday. You know, J.C. took the mound. He struggled, only went two innings pitched. He did end up getting injured. Uh, We'll touch on that later. Um, but they did end up losing 7-3 uh, to three against Oakland. And again, they pitched Sunday. And then Sunday was a big deal because Otani was here taking the mound after his much, uh, you know, big stretch of three home runs in a row. Had a great opening uh, debut pitching on Easter. And so the big question was, how was he going to do? How was he going to perform? And the fans came out. Like, I don't know if you guys heard or if you guys were able to uh, see it on TV, but there was well over 44,000 reported yeah. at Angel Stadium. There's a lot of energy there. I haven't seen something like that since, what, the playoffs? And that's well, it, not even that. It was, a, it, was a, it was a day game. It was. A, I think that yeah, was the big you, thing. You know how Sunday day yeah, games Yeah, Sunday are. day games. I mean, everyone's underneath the covers right. and not a lot of energy at the stadium. And I think, like, people are selling tickets, like, face value tickets, like, $9 tickets for, like, you know, 60 70 80 bucks. Yeah, so. it, it, it was crazy, too. And, and just the thought of it, people getting out super early before the game, people were kind of complaining that, uh, that they couldn't get into the parking lot. They couldn't get into the parking lot at a you know when they wanted to because the Angel Stadium wasn't wasn't open yet. Yeah, I think Angels PR even put out an alert you know That's about getting down it, yeah. there. So it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a whole different dynamic with Otani there. I mean, you had that sensation back when Trout first came up, but with Otani now it's 
you know, having both of them there, I mean, you feel the you feel the energy at the stadium now. Yeah, I mean, he went perfect through seven or entering the seventh inning. Um, I think he went six and the third perfect. He ended up going a full seven innings, which you know, the first two games previous where he had Brewell going one one and two thirds, and then JC only going two innings pitch. It was a good change up to see uh, the starting pitcher go deep into the game and, and kind of give that bullpen a little rest. But um, here's a clip that we got courtesy of uh, AM830, the Angels Network, uh, with Otani pitching and his uh, last strikeout. So it's a full count here. Fans on their feet. The 3-2 delivery. He got him, struck him out, and the inning is over. Strikeout number 12. Probably the final pitch of the day for Otani. We're headed to the bottom of the seventh. Angels are up here at the Big A by the score of six to nothing. And they ended up finishing the game winning uh, six to one on Sunday Sunday afternoon. So um, they finished that series with Oakland then, uh, finished it two to one. And kind of like what I was saying in previous weeks, it's not necessarily about winning games it's about winning series so at that point angels still haven't lost a series so i mean you played oakland twice you played a good cleveland that's kind of struggling but um but you know they they took what they needed to take out of them um super early still we haven't gotten to uh, during this week but um you haven't been on the last couple weeks so what is your initial thought of the season and where it is at this point I mean, obviously, after opening day and, you know, taking that, you know, taking that loss, that was tough. If you're an Angel fan, you know at this point that we start off slow. We always start off slow. It's kind of what we do under Socha. So to come out and, you know, come rebound back from that opening day loss and to sit here at, what, 10-3, and um, I'm surprised. I'm, I feel like this team's clicking more than in the past. You feel like I feel like the new new additions, the personality. I feel like Cozart is is bringing like something that obviously you know didn't bring. You know, um, I mean, he he didn't, his defense wasn't what Cozart is, and then um, I mean, uh, just having Cozart kind of being able to go between second and third. So, um, man, uh, I like where we stand. I think we're shocking some people out there. I think across the board we were ranked to come in, what, third in the West. And here we are in front of the Astros. I know it's early, um, but it is good to get an early start because if you fall behind the Astros, um, I mean, you could be down five games by the, you know, one, first month of the season, you're down five. You're, you're pretty much sealed your fate. So, Yeah, so it's a really great start by the Angels. Now going into Monday, um, they started up a series at Texas. Uh, the, so uh, the first game, Richards was on the mound. The Angels ended up taking it 8-3. to three. Uh, A cause of concern for me personally is the starting pitching, and it has been coming into the season. Um, and Richards only went uh, four and one-third inning. Um, and it's because of pitch count. Pitch count was up at 94 pitches when he got taken out, uh, five walks. He just was not able to, um, it seemed like, control his pitches. You know, um, you would get two outs super quick, and he would walk a guy, and then maybe the next guy gets a hit, and then that pitch count would just get super elevated. So, But again, he limited the damage. They won 8-3. to three. Bullpen comes in for the majority of the game and, and was able to shut it down, um, something they've been doing all year long, which is a big benefit for the Angels to have. So... Um, 
And then kind of going into the Tuesday game, you had the same issues with, with Skaggs only going five innings and 114 pitches, um, four walks himself. And then he only, he only really he only gave up one run. He only, that's but what I'm saying. When you, when you look at watch his performance, he should have given up six runs. Yeah, there's a lot of Bases loaded every inning, walks. I meant, I mean, so fortunate to get away with uh, what he only gave up, so. Yeah, so Skaggs, you know, got out of a lot of jams, like you were saying. So that put his pitch count at 114 pitches at the end of the fifth uh-huh. inning, and they took him out after that. I mean, there's no way you can put him for a six with that. Um, you know, but those two games, not only has the bullpen really stepped it up, but the offense. The offense has been clicking all season long, and it's been, you know, for the most part, carrying this team, whether it's 13 hits on the Monday game, 18 oh. hits on the Tuesday game, just carrying the team, and, and right now, coming into uh, Thursday's action because, you know, the game's going on right now as we record, but coming into it, the uh, Angels actually lead the Major League in, in runs and in batting average. And home runs were... What are, what are the t- top, top, like top, two, top, top three. three, yeah. But as far as a change from this team from last year or even years before where offensively it seemed like it was Trout and no one else, now it seems like you're getting contributions from not only Atani... But um, Pujols' batting average is way up from last year. Valbuena's Simmons, Simmons, you know, is constantly getting a hit every single game now. He finally got his first home run this week. But, you know, talk about how you feel the offense is a little bit different this year. Like, you can sense it. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, just the upgrades. I mean, obviously, resigning Upton. Upton's starting to hit the ball. Um, I I just, I'm liking Cozart a lot. I mean, Otani, it just, it's a whole different offense. We get guys on base, we're not leaving them stranded. We're getting something out of it. And um, we're starting, you know, we're playing, we're still playing the same social kind of small ball, but we're we're manufacturing runs. Um, and that's what it's all about. And our pitching, our, you know, our bullpen, middle relief, you know, Middleton, um, doing a solid job. Jim Johnson hasn't been bad, so... I mean, I, I'm I'm excited about this season. Yeah, I haven't felt this excited in a long time about a season, probably since '14. So, yeah, and then going into Wednesday's game, um, again the Angels win seven to two, and that completed the sweep of the uh, the Texas Rangers again, winning another series. But the interesting talk coming into that game was the debut of uh, Jaime Barea, the number nine prospect by the Angels, coming in the pitch, got called up. Um, with the injuries, with Shoemaker and JC, um, came in five innings, only seventy-one pitches, but he was on three days rest. So after the fifth inning, they pulled him again. Bullpen comes in, shuts it down. Where he gave a one hit. Give one hit. The I think the home run. He, he gave that home run to Rua. Yeah, it was a ball high up in yeah. high up in the zone, and, and Rua. Would, yeah, Rua. Texas balls bouncing yeah. out of the park. Yeah, Rua's not going to miss that. But as far as making his debut, a twenty-one-year-old, and then you know. Um, for as many times as we go to 66er games, um, he was there last year. This time last year, he was a starting pitcher 66er, for 66ers. Yeah, opening day, and then he's in the pros right. a year later. And to come out like that without poise, um, you know, and traditionally the Rangers give us a rough time. I mean, the ballpark at Arlington has never been too kind to the Angels, and we've kind of created that, you know, that back-and-forth rivalry over right. the years. Yep. You know, then for us to go in there and, and look up, I, I didn't even realize that we swept them. At the, I was like, whoa, yeah. we just we just swept them? Yeah. And, like, that just kind of came out of nowhere. That, that was a tough thing to do um, in Arlington. I mean, you think back to the, you know, the the rivalry when Hamilton was on the other side and we and CJ Wilson was pitching for them. We just didn't do that. And to sweep the Rangers, that's a big deal. And um, 
you know, they're not sitting well in the West right now, but they're a solid team. Right, yeah. And so with that, the Angels are where they are now. Um, 13 games in, only lost two games. So um, a great start, historical start. Some people are saying, you know, best starts in the 80s, 70s. Sort of 82, yeah, 79. 80, yeah. And you know what happened in those seasons, so those are good seasons. Yeah, I mean, it's a good, it's a good way to start. Kind of like what you were saying before, it's like, the Angels always kind of hard, had trouble getting off to a good start, getting off to a start to where they can maintain um, a certain level and stay in, in, um, in, in uh, close to the top of the division or even the wild card. I mean, I looked it up today. Through 14 games the last four years, the Angels were 6-8. 6-8, 6-8, 6-8. And now you're here um, almost 14 games into the season, and you're looking at a, you know, for the Angels, like a historical kind of start. And as a fan... That's, you know, that's all you can ask for is the opportunity to be in contention, be up towards the top. Um, you know, Houston's always going to be there. To me, that's the series I'm most looking forward to. Houston's pitching is leading, and uh, the Angels' offense is leading. So when those two meet up, uh, I think in the middle of next month, it's going to be... Yeah, and that's going to give you a kind of a better idea of where the Angels really are at this point. I mean, yeah, we beat, you know, the A's, the Cleveland series. That's, that's impressive. But to go up against, you know, the World, the World Series champs, and if, if we, you know, we do business there, then, then we're, we're cooking. Yeah, so, again, so it um, all comes down to winning series, like I've always said. So... The Angels are in that way is undefeated. They haven't lost a series yet, um, so we have to see what's coming up for down the line. And we'll get that towards at the end. But all in all, a great week. One loss, uh, five wins. I mean, you'll take that every week if you can. Um, some news coming out of the week though was the two injuries um, to two pitchers, of course, because you know who else gets injured on the on the team? Um, J.C. Ramirez and and uh, Shoemaker. Both got uh, injuries, both on the DL. Um, one is really serious, and one's a big question mark. JC has a torn UCL uh, right elbow ligament, and all, all signs point to Tommy John. Um, he hasn't said it yet, but all the doctors are suggesting Tommy John surgery, so it's, I think it's only a matter of time. Mm-hmm. Um, Shoemaker has a right forearm strain. They're not sure what it is. Uh, he's done MRIs. He's done nerve panel tests. Everything has come back negative, which is great, but they're still not sure on a timetable when he'll start rehabbing, when he'll start pitching or anything like that. So for right now, Shoemaker's not in the question. Ramirez, it's definitely not in the question. So, um, you know, how do you how does that make you feel knowing that two starters coming into the season are already down and out? Well, it actually doesn't surprise me. And I guess as Angel fans, you just have to prepare yourself knowing that a few of our pitchers are just going <laughs> to fall to the disabled list rather quickly. I mean, we've been dealing with that the last few years with Heaney, you know, uh, Tropiano, and just kind of this revolving door with Tommy John, Skaggs. So, I mean, we just need to brace for ourselves for that. But luckily, we've had these people come up and perform like um, Berea and we don't even know who, there's someone down there right now that we're going to have to call on so I mean, as long as we can continue to hit that's nice right, <laughs> we, yeah. we don't we don't have to I mean if we were hitting like we've had you know we've done in previous years these some of these games wouldn't you know wouldn't have the same outcome so um, as long as we can put up 7-8 runs you know a game on the you know on the board you know, we can deal with some of the some of this uh, this pitching, right? And I think that kind of goes to if you're going to look at a 
weakness or an area of concern so far in the season, it has to be, um, I believe, the Angels uh, starting pitching. I mean, you look at some of the numbers, relievers, the starter splits. I mean, the starters ERA is around uh, 4.3. And then you look at the relievers ERA, and it's down around two and a half. Mm -hmm. So all these new guys coming in, you know, you have a Berea that's super young. You're going to have a Tropiano that's coming in that's coming off of Tommy John surgery. You're going to have Haney coming in, and he's starting the season now because he was on the DL uh, during spring training. Um, you have all these guys coming in, and, and I heard on the way out here that the Angels threw what well, Haney's going to start Friday. So when he makes that start, it's going to be nine different starting pitchers in, you know, 15 games. So that's not exactly what you want. That's great that they have the kind of depth to do that but you kind of have to think that's a little bit of concern no oh. <laughs> of course <laughs> uh, that's unreal but um i mean to have the record that we do with all that take place to mix in all those guys i mean uh, we'll take it it's not ideal it's not something we can you can't you can't sustain that you can't go all season and and continue to go down that line but at this at this point i mean yeah, I mean, you there's got to make do. You got to do what you can with what you have where you are, you know? There's not there's not much you can do about it. No, you're absolutely right about that. There's not much you can do, um, you know, but I think two outs. The two outs seems to be killing the, 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 the pitching. It's just, it seems like, boom, they get two outs really quick. I don't know if they get lax or they just think they're going to, you know, or what it is, but two outs and their batting average against is, you know, 266, but with no outs, their batting average against is 128. And that causes that pitch count that I was talking about earlier, going high when it was Skaggs and when it was Richards. It just seems like they are not able to get that final nail in the coffin in the inning to um, keep the pitch count low and be able to extend themselves to maybe that sixth, seventh uh, inning like you would hope some people or some pitchers would and kind of give that bullpen that has been doing really well but has piled up innings um, are, is really taxed. So... Hopefully that's something that changes. Hopefully that's something that comes, uh, that changes a little bit. But going on from there, we're going to kind of jump into some emails we have right now. Um, so we have a podcast question from uh, Zach. He didn't put his last name, so I'm calling him Zach. Zach. Uh, Zach. Uh, hey, guys, I have questions. I have a question for you. Do you believe Billy Epler is an elite GM with the likes of a Cashman or a Theo Epstein? What do you, what do you uh, at this moment? No, right. Um, he's there though. He's not a beginner. He's he's like the intermediate GM, kind of like moving towards the Cashman or right. uh, you know Epstein. Um, he obviously he came through um, under the tutelage of Brian Cashman. Brian Cashman just has a lot more seasons under his belt. Right. But Epler is starting to um, you know develop. He, I, I love what he's doing with the miners. He's developing the farm. Um, he's doing a lot of things that the Yankees did, Epstein moves, all the uh, free agent signings. So he's getting there. He's moving into that elite, sought-after GM. And um, I think Angel fans are really liking what he's doing, and, um, and especially just coming after, you know, you know what happened. With DePoto and everything. Yeah, with like Jedi DePoto. I mean. yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you because I, I, I feel like you can't be elite until you win a so World Series, win. World, win a World Series. I mean, yeah, he's definitely building up. He's getting the farm system in a situation where it is a lot better than it was because you're talking about um, the Angels' farm systems in previous years being, if not the worst, one of the worst in in baseball. Now, 
you're starting to see a little more depth. Now you're starting to see, um, you know, Otani was listed as a prospect, so that helped their ranking. Number one prospect in MLB. Yeah, yeah, like but that, that's, that's going to go away pretty soon with the more and more he plays. But you have people coming up and are going to be good players. So, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say he is a, um elite GM yet, but he's definitely working his way up there. And, you know, maybe if he wins a title or, you know, knock on wood, maybe two um, for the Angels, then, yeah, you put him right back up there. But... Um, to say he's with a Theo Epstein who broke two curses and and Cashman that's you know one who knows how, you know how many with the Yankees he's not quite there yet but he's definitely yeah I think he's just like finally starting to find his groove right know? exactly like yeah. I think the first year testing the waters understanding his relationship with Moreno and also Sosha his role his his restrictions what he can and can't do. Um, you know, what, you know, when it comes to who, you know, I think the problem with, uh, Socha and Depoto was, is that, uh, they didn't get along, obviously. Yeah. Uh, a lot of word came out from camp, especially when Depoto departed. Um, and then Socha was pretty much, you know, still pulling, pulling the trigger there. So, um, I think with, with, um, Epler, Epler is, you know, he's, he's finding his, his groove within the organization, but I think the rest of the MLB is on on notice that this guy's yeah. for real. He's here to play, and um, he's he's find, he's finding some nice creative options for the Angels. Right, and I think one of the bigger underrated kind of moves he's made in the offseason had to be the the Cozart trade, and that's only paid off. You have a guy that's playing two positions that he's never played before when it was third base and, and second base, and to pick him up. And not overspend for someone like that is a big um, feather in his cap, if you will, showing that he knows what he's talking about. He knows what's out there. He knows how to um, not overspend. Because I'm not like, what you, like what are some of the options? We could have went for Mustafa, right? And that right? would have cost the arm and a leg. Overspend for somebody who had, you know, had a lot of production as far as homers last year. But you bring in Kozar, you get a little bit crafty. You, uh, you know, you mix in, you know, Valbuena at third a little bit. Um, yeah, he's he's starting to press. I think the fan base is kind of taking notice at that. Right, and right. I haven't heard too many uh, Epler haters out there. No, and then you're always sure you're not yet. Not yet. You know, I'm give sure. it give it um, the first like four or five game losing I streak. Did, I mean, I did hear you know some people talking about the whole Crone trade, um, but I haven't heard anyone talk about CJ Crone or how they miss CJ Crone. I mean, personally, I always root for someone. You know, that comes up through the organization. I remember seeing C.J. Crown down the, you know, out in Inland Empire. Right. 66ers. He's a, you know, he was a high draft pick. I think he was a first rounder out of Utah. And you want that guy to succeed. He just never did. Um, I know he got mixed in here and there by Sosha, but all of a sudden everyone was so upset when C.J. Crown left the Angels. And then now well, I don't think he's doing well. Yeah, I mean, you're I don't know much. about, you know, the prospect in which we, we got for him, but um, I, mean, I, I believe... People are saying, in Epler, we trust. So. Right, and that's kind of the thing going around. So, yeah, so far, so good. The first time the Angels kind of hit a streak and offense slumps, let's see when people come out and say, oh, see, we should have got Moustakas, he wouldn't, you know, or whatever. But for what is going on right now, Epler's done a great job um, surrounding the team, surrounding Trout. I mean, I think that's what a lot of people were worried about is that Epler having to show Trout that he's serious about winning, serious about putting a good product on the field, to re-sign him when his contract's up in 2020. And as of right now, I, I, I'm saying he's done a really good job of it, and I don't know what else you could have done done better. Like, for prices and all that stuff, he's 
He's good. Like I don't. I, I don't mean, know like, what are you gonna go? You could have went and got Stanton or something, but that's ridiculous. And you don't have the money to sign Trout, so that's like counter counterproductive. There. Yeah. So definitely, definitely on his way up. And again, people, if you don't know, if you're just listening to us for the first time, if you have a question or a comment or anything like that, make sure to email us. Um, email us at allangelspodcast at gmail dot com. Um, we try. We, to, we, yeah, we will read it. We will shout you out. Right. So again, just. Throw it out there if you have a question about something coming up, something that's happened, um, or just, you know, something in general just about baseball. Just make sure you send it to us again. That's allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Okay, moving on to the next question we have from Lamar Washington. Um, and he says, how impressed are you guys with Otani? How long can he stay blazing like this? Um, I'm really impressed. I mean, like we kind of touched on it last last week that Otani's doing something that then, someone hasn't done in like a hundred years Babe Ruth like two wins and three home runs in a, in a week you know that's never happened before um, so yeah it, it's great to see that kind of production out of a guy that had a bunch of hype and people were kind of feeling down on him during spring training his struggles and now to see him come kind of out of it and produce and and I don't know how it was for you on opening oh well, he didn't play opening day but for us when we were there Friday, me and John were there Friday where he hit the third home run in three games. It was different. It was, you know, Angel Stadium has a reputation of not being super loud. I get that. I understand that. But it was different, though. He came up, and it got almost quieter because you're normally hearing people talk and chatter and have their own conversations. But when he came up, it got quiet because everyone's attention went right to him. And it, to me, that kind of shows the respect that people have for him. It's like, we got to see what he does now. It's like... Yeah, they might not be cheered, but they they recognize what's going on, and they got quiet, and everyone got off their phone. Everyone got off, um, you know, the conversation they were having with their the, phones. Yeah, I know, weird. <laughs> so it was no, I think it was weird. It was weird. It was something that it was kind of a buzz. You kind of felt around. What is he going to do next? Especially after his first at bat, he hits a home run. So the next at bat, you're like, okay, what's going to happen now? But how do you how do you feel Otani has um, come into the season and how uh, his production is so far? Oh, wow. I mean, obviously going back to spring training after that uh, dismal performance and all the hype before going into spring training, like I'm out at Tempe and I look in this, you know, the the souvenir shop and like everything there is Otani this, Otani collector coin, Otani, you know, plaque. And for him to go out there, what did he get? Two or three hits? Mm-hmm. All, yeah. All the spring, uh, all single base knocks. He got lit up on the mound and I meant. It, it, I, I wasn't very excited, and I didn't want to get myself, you know, I didn't want to, you know, get get my hopes up coming into the season, and then for him to go out there and just right away turn it on. I mean, he seems like one of those guys that you have to wait to get under the big lights to, you know, to turn on that turn on that extra little uh, drive, and he sure did. Oh, man, it's awesome to see at the stadium. Angel Stadium hasn't been like that in years, and um, just the the. The pure energy is amazing. Yeah, it's it's like kind of what we were talking about earlier with the Sunday start and middle of the afternoon and people still showing up and and you watch the game on TV and there's usually no one in that bottom section because you're sitting on the sun. No one wants to sit down there. But the fact that I would say probably 70, 65% of that bottom section was full shows that there's a lot more people up in the shade that probably have tickets to that area but are going to stand rather stand in the shade and watch but the fact that they set an attendance record that day for most at a afternoon game for a pitcher that before that only had one start 
You know, was yeah, it was Eastern, it was a great start in Oakland, but you know, he could have very easily came out and, and, and pitched a, a dud because it was Oakland again. They saw him. You never knew what was going on. Now, as far as how much longer he can keep it up, I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know what is going to happen the next time he pitches, which is going to be Sunday. What's the next time is going to happen when he's at bat? He's a 23-year-old kid. And I know when I was 23, I was up and down with everything. You know, I was inconsistent about this, inconsistent about that, let alone trying to be an MLB player. But how do you see maybe not the rest of his season, but at least this first half of the season uh, going for Otani? I mean, you saw the article today. Uh, you know, the words out that he's kind of demanding to get some more, or he's just, you know, asking to get some more at-bats, and he wants to play more, which is crazy. I mean, they're trying to be careful with him. Um as far as sustaining this type of like, you know, magic in a you know or lightning in a bottle, that's going to be tough. But I obviously didn't think he was going to come out here and hit three home runs after the first one. I was like, right. whoa, yeah. Uh, you know, John and Dan are texting me. I'm I was on a business trip in Cincinnati, and I'm just like, no, nah, that's not happening. You know, um, the whole East Coast bias. It was like super late there, and I was right. like, home run, and then again, and then again, right? Another one, another one, yeah. another one. And then then to go out two back to back pitching performances like that i mean the angels are the talk of the mlb i got people hitting you know texting me from the east coast saying oh my gosh the angels the angels the angels and we and nobody nobody says that i mean all the you know especially you know we're surrounded by dodger fans and yeah and and people people just want to see what otani is doing i mean it's kind of weird uh not without that having that attention on trout now but yeah i mean and kind of like what you're saying is now the Angels, instead of being a, like a regional, you know, regional team and being a Southern California team, now they're expanding. Now you're seeing more coverage. Um, everyone likes to hate on ESPN because they feel they don't cover the Angels at all. Well, truthfully, the Angels never gave them a reason to cover them in previous years. Now, not only do you have the best player in baseball, Trout, but now you also have probably um, the best up-and-coming player in Otani and probably just as much hype than when Trout was coming up. I mean, people are talking about what does he need to do pitching and pitching and offensively to be in the MVP voting? Does he need to win, you know, 12 games and hit maybe 25 home runs? And then if he does that, is he that enough to be an MVP? And then, you know, how is this going to help the angels? And is he just going to be pitching once a week now? You know, there's a bunch of questions that's getting a bunch of coverage from everywhere that normally the angels wouldn't have had coverage from must see TV. Oh, definitely. I mean, you, you definitely see that now. You make it a point to, oh, he's pitching Sunday. Okay, I got to be home. I got to do this. I got to get this done before he pitches this to be able to see what he does next. Because, again, last time he was out there, it's, you know, seven innings, 12 strikeouts, six and one-third inning. A, a Ridic- ridiculous numbers. Ridiculous yeah. numbers. Um, uh, like, yeah, with that second performance, I mean, yeah, you want to say the first performance is, you know, a little flukish. Right, but to come back and put up to such a solid start, I mean, I would, I, you know, I would have thought maybe he could do, you know, go out there and have a good start, but that's just some dom, yeah, man, it's dominant. It's really, it I, really I mean, is. You're on, you're on the cusp of hitting a no hitter. I mean, if you would have, you know, you could have got through the seventh. So it's unbelievable. I work at a high school, and when I walk through the door on Monday after you know spring break, I mean, spring break, people are just talking. Kids are talking about Otani, Otani, Otani. It's it's a craze. I mean. 
people are pulling tops cards like off a of, you know limited tops card rookie cards, selling them for like I think what's sold on eBay for like almost seven thousand dollars. Yeah, that's crazy. That's I'm going crazy. to Target after this, and yeah. I'm just gonna pull some packs right now. I'm gonna go rip them. <laughs> All right, so moving on from that, um, yeah, we talked about the guys going on the DL this year, uh, this week. But you also had two guys that are coming off the DL this week, and that is um, Andrew Haney and Ian Kinsler. Um, Kinsler is in the lineup right now. Thursday, as we record, Haney is making a start tomorrow night against Kansas City in Kansas City. Um, so the poll question, again, um, follow us at Halo Haven, Halo underscore Haven on Twitter and on Instagram. And every Monday, I make it a point to try to put up a poll question for the week. It could be... You know about something that's happened, something that's gonna happen, um, baseball related in general. But just kind of get a talking point out there for people to to vote and kind of you know if you want to leave a comment, leave a comment. But this week I was I asked a question. Um, you know the Angels on to a hot start, but who are you more excited for the return, um, Ian Kinsler or Andrew Heaney? And I kind of thought no surprise because of the injury situation, but Andrew Heaney won the poll, sixty two percent, and Ian Kinsler got thirty eight percent. I think a lot of that had to do with the injuries over the weekend with a with with Richards and with Shoemaker and not being able to um, for them to stay healthy and putting another arm in the rotation. How'd you uh, feel about that? I'm just trying to remember who I voted for. To be honest <laughs> with you, um, I'm excited about Kinsler. I just like how he plays the game. But yeah, to see a healthy Andrew Heaney out there that you know to have that left-handed arm and especially what we've been going through with the consistency of the pitching staff. Um, I think Kenny had a pretty solid game down at Inland Empire when he was rehabbing. So, yeah, another pitcher to the rotation. I mean, I'm not going to argue with that. That's that's something that I think feel like it's always you know plagues us the last few seasons. Right. So now when you look at it with with Trope and Haney coming up in the rotation, now your rotation kind of sets up kind of what you thought at the beginning of the year was going to be. Um, you know, you have Tropiano, Haney, uh, Thursday, Friday, Richards, Saturday. Otani Sunday making I don't know if that's going to be a thing where they're going to have him pitch once Otani a week. Sundays. Yeah, Otani Sundays. Just Sundays. Just Sundays. Time. Once hey, a week, Sundays. Keep a good thing going. Right. I he's, mean, if it works, it he's, works. He's uh, dealing on Sundays. And then you have an off day Monday, and then you have Skaggs pitching Tuesday. So then you can push everyone back again, and then you can start with uh, Trope, Haney, uh, Richards, and all that stuff again. So um, the rotation seems to be set right now. Um, there's really no need to call up anybody right away. There's no reason to call up a, uh, a Bridwell again or a Berea again. I mean, if something happens, obviously you're going to do it. But the, with the day off on Monday, um, there's no reason to do it. But it, it shows that the Angels do have pretty good depth pitching-wise. I mean, I don't think any of them are, maybe not excluding Otani, but I don't think any of those guys are top rotation kind of guys they're a bunch of twos and threes i like to think and um you know but if the offense keeps on producing the way they are that's all they have to be is is, is two to threes and then otani goes out there as right now it looks like the ace of the of the staff yeah crazy stuff <laughs> yeah so you know that's how that uh pans out for the next coming week uh we're gonna take a break real quick we have a couple commercials and on the back end of the commercials we are going to have an interview with the angels Number three prospect, Jemai Jones of the uh, LN Empire 66ers. So hold on a second and uh, we'll be right back. We're the punks, 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 we're the pun
Hook Vicious. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Hey, hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. All right, we are back. Um... What was it, last week, a couple days before their season opened, the 66ers had a uh, fan fest, and they were uh, able to get fans in, meet the team, talk with the team. I was able to get there a little earlier and have an interview, like I said, with uh, Jemai Jones. If you watch any kind of spring training, he was in the outfield playing left field most of the time. Um, had a really good spring training, got up as a non-roster invitee, and uh, it's the number three prospect overall in the Angels farm system. And I just sat down and talked to him for a little bit real quick before the event started. And uh, this is how it went. So tell me, how does it feel back to be in uh, San Bernardino? It feels good. I'm excited. You know, we're, we got a really good team this year, good group of guys. I'm excited to transition from outfield to infield and just get it going. Yeah, talking about that transition, how and, and when did that conversation come from the Angels to you? Was that something, you know, before spring training they talked about or was it after spring training where they talked to you about switching over? Uh, I got the idea brought up to me during the off season, and then once I came back, went through big league camp and big league camp ended, they brought it to me again and they were like, we want to put it into full, full go, have you start playing games and everything there and you know, take it into the season. Awesome. Um, you know, obviously going to a spring training, getting a lot of playing time in the outfield and just in general, how was this experience different from you maybe years past? Oh, it was amazing. I got to learn so much from everybody that was there. Every single guy helped me out in some way, shape, or form, whether it be on the field, off the field, and I just loved the experience of it. Loved the first taste of the big leagues that I got, and hopefully I can continue to do so and hopefully get my name in that starting yeah, lineup there for you sure. go. Yeah. So I, I saw that your brother plays football too. You know, were you ever, you know, play high school football or thought about playing college football or was it always baseball for you? Uh, no, it was always football. Uh, growing really? up, football was a big part of our family. We've had so much history in it that that was almost abnormal not to do it. So I came to the decision my junior year of high school to fully pursue baseball and just got a calling that I thought would be the best idea and the best thing for me moving forward. So I was pumped for the decision. Did your, uh, your brother play baseball at all? Is he always always football no we, I mean baseball and football were always hand in hand in our household and everybody made their decisions at their time regardless if it was early or not but uh but yeah football and baseball are definitely in our household so who's a better are you a better football player than he is baseball player or vice versa what would you, what would oh, you I'm say I'm 100% better football player than he is baseball player and he knows it <laughs> he knows, he'll he say knows. he'll say it right away no he knows it what position did you play in high school I was a wide receiver. Wide receiver, okay. All right. Uh, yeah, so I saw the pictures of you guys when you were at uh, App State and stuff like that. I saw that on your Twitter, and I just figured that was, that's an awesome kind of family dynamic. One's playing baseball, one's going after the football. And, uh, you know, do you guys talk to each other about, obviously different sports, but kind of situations where you learn from each other, whether mistakes someone makes or, or anything like that? 
Well, yeah, so I come from one of six. Okay. Um, so uh, one of my brothers is actually playing for the Detroit Lions. Okay, okay. And then the one that was playing at App State got signed by the Falcons, mm-hmm. and unfortunately it was uh, let go, and he's playing arena. So, right, I saw that, yeah. So we all talk about everything, and we bounce ideas off of each other, bounce off what what we can do, just not even from a sports standpoint, just from a failure success standpoint, how we each can get better, how we feed off of each other, and what we do in times of need, and you know, in times get tough, they're the guys I call. Uh, any, any expectations coming into the season playing second base? Because I don't, I don't know. As far as I've known, you've always been in the, Cal- in the Angels organization, always been outfield. Have you ever played second base anywhere in your um, amateur? or? I've played more games in the infield than I have the outfield. Oh, really? Have you? Okay. On the amateur side. On I've the amateur side, more, okay. I've played all my games professionally in the outfield. Okay, yeah. Okay, so you no concern moving to second base, just kind of riding a bike. Once you play it a couple of times, probably. Yeah, just mm-hmm. knock off the rust and get right yeah. to it. You know, we've been doing a lot of work, and I've been putting in a lot of hard hard work and effort and time into playing second base now in pro ball so we're just ready to get it going any expectations as far as getting to double a at a certain point playing second base uh, no i'm not thinking about that, that at just, all. just show up and then when they want you they want you kind of deal whatever billy's plan is for me i'm 100 percent certain that he's he's got an idea of what he wants to do with me and what he wants to do moving forward so whatever that may be whether that be a month or entire season here getting second base under my belt i mean whatever his plan is i'm gonna follow it and stick to it awesome um this one one you know off the off the off the cuff kind of question when you have time to pass you know between games or long road trips we do, do video games uh binge watch tv uh bookworm what do you do to the pass the time i mean pretty much anything that comes yeah. to mind yeah. i mean whether whether it be an interesting article that i read on x subject or it's something that i see video games wise or mm-hmm. you know just hanging out just hanging out sometimes i don't even like to you know have a mental capacity of <laughs> moving my thumbs for a video game and around. sometimes i just want to Relax. Sit in my room and relax and decompress from the game itself and then get right back to it uh, the next day. Awesome. All right. Thank you, man. Right, thank you very Good much. luck this Appreciate season. It. Thank you. Stay thank healthy. You. And that was the interview with Jeremiah Jones. Again, I'd like to thank the 66ers for giving us that kind of access and giving us um, the ability to talk to these guys um, before a game, after a game, you know, at a fan fest, kind of like that. Um, you know, if you've been paying attention to the podcast or listening for the past couple of weeks, you know we kind of have a relationship with the 66ers. And this past weekend, we actually did the Touch a Truck uh, event before the game and was able to meet a lot of people. So do you want to talk about that, Chris, and how it went? Uh, yeah, if you were, if I would have thought back to you know a year or two ago, being at a 66er game, um, just being from more on the fan side, but just to be asked by the 66ers to be part of you know this event, I mean, a Touch a Truck event, I didn't really know what they what they were about. Yeah. It sounded kind of a... A funny thing to me but it's it's for kids for kids there to come out and see these vehicles you know uh, like a dump truck a bus where they have swat yeah, yeah big old swat, uh, SWAT tactical line. unit and everything like that it was crazy i meant for you know so to have kids can have access full access to these vehicles that they wouldn't be able to get in and so you have people out there you have heroes out there you know guys that are on for a living you know risking their lives and doing some good work within the city of san bernardino and then there's us we're out there with like a fan wagon the rally you know, bus hey rally but i gotta bus. say though a lot of people came by and were super excited to see it and took a tour through it so it, it, it was definitely cool to see some of those people and some of the kids face when they came through the bus and was able to check it out for the first yeah, time yeah man we were we're i mean that's what we do it for um just to kind of create that fan experience and it, it went you know it went hand in hand with what the 66ers were trying to do and hey it was our first one so yeah, I, think we, exactly. I think we did all right no right? i think we had a good setup we had the easy up going yeah. on we had some free handouts we had some yeah, kukui buttons there we, we go. had all, all you know stickers kids love stickers 
gave them that. So I'm um, getting kids excited about baseball and being fans of the game. And I think that's what you can do at the minor league level. You could yeah. just you can do a lot of fun things and have that close access that just doesn't come with you know MLB baseball. So I'm very grateful to the 66ers for having us out there. Never would in a mat, you know million years would I thought that we would have been parked in front of the ticket office. Taking right, pictures. right in front of it. Yep. I felt like we were VIP, and, and it's also just another excuse for us all to hang out and talk right. baseball. So, yeah. So definitely, hopefully, we'll get some more of those kind of events going on as soon as we, you know, figure out where we're going to be or whether it's a, whether it's a tailgate before an Angel game, maybe maybe it's another 66er game. We'll definitely go out there and um, and post stuff on our Instagram and our Twitter. Again, um, if you're not already, follow us on Instagram and follow us on Twitter. It's Halo underscore Haven on on both social networks. Um, We'll keep you up to date as far as tailgates, as far as where you can see the rally bus. So, um, yeah, we actually did. I don't even know if you knew this. We actually booked another date that's going to be out in, out in uh, I believe, somewhere. In, it's going to be in Anaheim. It's going to be at Subs and Grub, uh, which is, from what, I, what I've what i heard, is one of the best uh, sub shops in Orange County. I think they're on KTLA 5 News. But we're going to be a part of their parking lot. Um, kind of festivities uh may 5th cinco de mayo so mark your calendars daniel mark your calendar yep there right we now. go i got it on if you're at home mm-hmm. listening mark so, your calendar definitely so we were out here for the for the i guess the inland empire crew the the last time we were out at 66ers with the bus and now we'll take the show on the road take it to anaheim so now if you're listening and you're in that anaheim fullerton kind of garden grove area and you want to see the bus and wasn't able to get out here in San Bernardino or wasn't able to get out um, to opening day, then there you go. You have your shot. So as it gets closer and closer, I'm sure um, Chris or I will be posting stuff on Instagram, on Twitter, um, any way you you see us. um, We'll talk about it more on the podcast leading up. But again, uh, it's Halo underscore Haven on Twitter and on Instagram. Give Give us a follow. We post stuff all the time. Uh, baseball stuff, fan stuff, uh, memorabilia stuff. It, it, it's yeah, all on contests, there. Contests, all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, so that's our next thing coming up. And, again, same thing. When we go out to the stadium and we're doing a tailgate, we'll make sure to keep you guys all informed about what's going on. Um, but, yeah, so kind of fast forward now to the to the week leading up next week. Um, again, we're going weekly now. So this time next week we'll, you know, be back on. But, the games that are going to happen next week, again, they have Kansas City uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They're off Monday. Uh, no game Monday. And then they have three against Boston at home. So you're looking at Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's going to be before the podcast. Um, a big Boston or, you know, a good Boston team coming come to Angel Stadium, and that's going to be the first real test of uh, this new-look Angel team. Because, yeah, you had Oakland. Yeah, you had um, – Texas and now you have Kansas City kind of the bottom of all their divisions and you're being the teams you should beat now with Boston coming in you're definitely going to have a legit legit test with um, their pitchers and and their offense coming to to Angel Stadium um, in the middle of the week so make sure you you go support watch on TV we'll be watching we'll talk about on the next podcast but anything um, whether it's the rest of the series with Kansas City or the new homestand with uh, the Boston Red Sox, are you looking forward to or looking for something? Uh, nothing really. I'm feeling pretty good about Kansas City. You just checked in on the scores. We're yeah. up 7-1. to one. So I'm feeling good about that series. Uh, Kansas City obviously isn't the team that they've been. Uh, they've you know, A lot of subtractions from that lineup. Um, 
the Boston series, I want you to put out a poll question. Which <laughs> fans are most annoying in the MLB? Yankees, Dodgers, or Red Sox? I'm going to go okay. with the Red Sox. In the okay. past few years, those fans are annoying. There we go. Um, you could spot a Red Sox fan from a mile away. Usually they're wearing some type of khaki short um, with a cargo short with like pockets or maybe like a Nantucket kind of a red, which is more mostly pink. A short um, with the floppy kind of like a dad hat, Did, didn't like you, a dad bill that's floppy, and they're just annoying. Didn't you go to uh, Fenway? What was it two years ago for a game, or was it last year? It went a couple of years ago. They actually were pretty cordial, and nice. <laughs> even though I was wearing Angel stuff, and they're playing the Marlins, but oh well. Yeah. So yeah, so definitely look out for that poll question. I'll put that up there at the request of the curator. So uh, look for that on Monday on our Twitter. Um, but yeah, so that's a big thing. Again, I'm looking forward to that Boston series just because um, they're a really good team. Uh, I'm going to see if I can get out to the stadium at least one day during that week, uh, see how everything works out. I know with Boston comes to town, the prices get jacked up, so we'll see how that goes. But yeah, so unless you have anything else you want to add or anything else that is a talking point that you want to talk about, um, I think we're going to wrap up pretty soon. Any other questions? No, no that was, good. I mean, that was good, yeah. Um, but yeah, so again, if you want to get a hold of us, it's at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Email us your questions, comments, or anything you got. Um, subscribe. We're on iTunes and Google Play. Um, and if you subscribe, please leave a review. If you leave a review, they will be able to um, put us up with people that search, you know, search Angel Baseball. Boom, we'll be up because we have so many reviews. So you only help us and you guys get to get our name out there by leaving a review five-star review you know if you want to write something great but uh you know maybe we'll start doing that if people that start leaving reviews we'll start pulling those up and we'll start reading those and uh, i'm sure we can work a contest into that as well but again subscribe to us on itunes email us at allangelspodcast at gmail.com follow us on instagram and on twitter at halo underscore haven and uh you know it Angels off to a good run. We'll see where they are in a week, but so far so good. And you know, let's hope for the best. So, I am Dan Garcia. I am Chris Curator Johnson. And well, uh, we'll talk to you next week. And Johnny Mags will be back, so you guys don't have to listen to me babble as much. But uh, thank you for downloading, and we'll we'll talk to you later. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. 
As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.